Imagine a football platform where the world's best writers give you the real story about what's going on at United. Imagine no pop-up ads, no clickbait headlines and no ridiculous rumours to be let down by anymore. You don't have to imagine anymore. Meet The Athletic. No ads, no nonsense, just football. Visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash United We Stand to start your 30-day free trial and get 50% off your annual subscription. The Athletic, the new home of football. Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. Well, this is a bit different. We're in lockdown, but we don't want to give up and not do United We Stand podcast. So I intend to speak to six different people, ask them six questions each, and they've got a minute each to answer them. Uh, we're going to see how it goes. We're also going to do United We Stand's magazine. We're going to bring one out over Easter. We really need you to support it. Basically, if people buy it, then we can carry on doing the mag, and if people don't, then we can't until games start being played again. So we need people to order it, uh, buy PayPal, just send the money, Three ninety five if you're in the UK, to uwsmag at yahoo.co.uk. And if you put it on the PayPal to friends and family, that means that PayPal don't sting us, like for 40p commission. Uh, so that's three ninety five. Uh, 4.95 if you're in um, the Republic of Ireland or Europe and you can do digital editions as well if you're outside of Europe and don't want to pay a lot of postage it's worked out much cheaper and the mag will be ready over Easter we're working on it now, we're putting hundreds of hours into this mag, there's going to be 32,000 words of Manchester United that you're not going to see anywhere else so please support us and also we'd like to give free copies away if you're over 70 and a United fan uh, if you are working in the front line as a health worker in this battle against coronavirus we'll send you a free copy if you want to send someone a copy who qualifies for either of those drop us an email and and head it free UWS and send that to uwsmag at yahoo.co.uk uwsmag at yahoo.co.uk and we can only send out in the UK unfortunately it costs about 30 quid to send a fanzine to America so I'm exaggerating, but we can't afford to send beyond that. Anyway, enough for me. First guest, uh, we've got John Ashton. Welcome, John. Cheers, Under. How you doing, mate? How are you doing? I'm very well, very well, all things considering. Uh, the missus hasn't killed me yet, so that's always a start. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny times we live in. All right, I've got six questions for you, mate. You've got a minute to answer each of them. Go you ready? It. Yep. The first one. Is what's what was the best moment of this season and why with United? Uh, I think it would have to be you'd have to say the last derby, wouldn't you? Um, we've you know obviously we struggled at home in recent derbies uh, against City, but it wasn't just the way we you know won the game. It was it was the manner of the performance as well. There was you know the ground was bouncing. It's it's a United team you can you start to go to love the team again, aren't you? And you know you've seen the celebrations when McTominay scored the second. So I think that comfortably wins it to be honest. Um, you know, obviously the break in the season come at a pretty bad time for us because we were flying at the moment. But um, yeah, uh, good signs I think for next season, uh, based mostly on that game. I think. So you definitely Ollie in then because all that dissent against him seems to have almost vanished. I always was Sandy. I, always I know was you were. From I, know you were. Um, I, I can see what he was trying to do behind the scenes. You know, people will will give him stick for letting players go and not bringing new players in at the right time, but. 
the problem was he wanted the bad eggs out of the club um, at all costs. If he, if he couldn't replace them yet, then so be it. You know, we'd go into the season with a weakened squad, and I think that's happened. But you've seen what happens with a couple of new additions uh, to the squad. If he can if he can strengthen the same way in the summer, then I think um, you're going to be on the right track. There's been some pretty bad moments this season. It, I worked out the other day, it took until the 13th game to get the first away win. Then he won a couple at Partizan and Chelsea and Norwich. But what's been your worst moment of this season? Uh, the worst one? Uh, probably the... I want to go back to another home derby again. Um, the, the, the first half against City in the League Cup semi-final. You know, we, you know, we brought Matic on didn't he, at half-time and they won the second leg. We won the second half of the first half, but the damage was done in that first half with... You know, he had Maguire out. Um, he obviously he got his team all wrong, didn't he, on the day? Obviously, that was a massive blow. Um, that would probably just about win it for me because we all love a day out at Wembley. I know it's only the League Cup, but it's a competition that's been been pretty good to United in recent years. So uh, that was a disappointing one. Um, it probably would just edge out. We got a good hiding somewhere early on in the season with it. Watford. And played absolutely terribly. Watford uh, was just before Christmas. They did win one game in yeah. nine years, and then they beat that, United. <laughs> that was right. Yeah, that that would probably go down as the worst performance. You can kind of take it on the chin if City beat because they've got some great players. So that would probably be the worst performance. But that was just where United were at at that point in time. But I think for me, yeah, the most disappointing was definitely the the, the first half of the derby. You mentioned Matic. He's one of the players who's been doing very well. Where were United going to finish this season? What was that? The, the team had had been unbeaten. Since that defeat at Burnley, where do you think it was all ending up? With a well, Europa League winning in Gdansk? We th- we tend to be very, um, you know, we, we change game by game, don't we, United fans? You know, you, you win a couple in a row and you think, you know, everything's rosy. We lose a couple and it's, you know, the Ollie Out Brigade and everyone's thinking about the, the chairman and, the, you know, the uh, the owners and whatnot. Um, I, I generally thought it was in a good place. You know, obviously the, the new signings are coming that was, was, was really good. Tottenham obviously struggling with injuries. Chelsea, a bit of a miss. So, it wasn't beyond the realms of possibility that we could go out, finish fourth and win both the Cups. Whether that would happen, I don't know. You need a bit of luck in the Cups. But, yeah, I was I was really, really confident that we were definitely um, on the way to, to, to get into maybe a Cup final and finishing fourth. What do you most miss about football? And is there anything you like about there being no football? Well, it's kind of, you know, when you, you get to the end of the season, don't you? And everyone else says, oh, God, I'm looking forward to the break now. And then two weeks in, you're kind of missing it again. Um, I think with this one, it, it it wasn't one of those moments where you kind of wanted the season to end for us. You know, if it had ended around Christmas, you probably wouldn't have been asked. But because it had ended when it did, uh, and the team was flying, I think that you you miss everything, don't you? I miss seeing the lads uh, more than anything else, probably. Um, you know, the day to day crack of the match. But there's some things that are more important than football, unfortunately. And um, you know, for the minute, we've kind of just got to take it on the chin, haven't we? What have you been doing? Not a lot, mate. Um, not a lot you can do, really, is it? When you're home and a missus and a two-year-old. Um, watching reruns of United and, uh, and extra extra hours, all the hours I've been putting in with work as well because not everybody can work from home, of course, so it just means my workload's double. But, you know, it's, it's pretty grim times, but you, like I said, you've got to try and take the positives and look forward to what's coming, I think, for, you know, when all this is over, the mother of all parties and, uh, you know, some hopefully uh, some good news for United. And work, are you still running the brothel? Yeah, well, business has dried up apparently because um, yeah, the, the one I ran in Wuhan was apparently where it first started. But no, <laughs> if only I did something quite so exotic, mate. Um, I, I work for co-op, so uh, no, we don't. We don't do any brothels. Is one thing we've not ventured into just yet. Which player would you most like to see join United, and why? 
Besides being all stupid and talking about messes and things, if you're talking about realistic targets, uh, it's probably pretty well known what positions on the pitch were really short. I think more than anyone, I, think, I, think, I still think we need a right-sided forward. So for that reason, uh, the kid at Dortmund would probably be the, the, the perfect antidote. He fits everything that you know, Solskjaer seems to want in a player, young, English, fast, um, so is it Sancho, uh, Jaden Sancho, just for anyone who didn't know who he was talking about. So yeah, I I'd probably go for him. Kagawa, then, so you said English. <laughs> Other than that, I would um, a centre forward as well would be great. You know, I know you did a piece recently about uh, Harry Kane and how unsettled he might be at Tottenham. I think he'd be a great signing, but with his recent injury, injury record, puts you off a little bit. But there's not many more great strikers about, is there? You know, it's it's easy to sit there and say, oh, if, if we had this goal scorer, if we had this sort of player, but. There's not many great number nines about them in it, but uh, yeah, if I top, if I had to pick one player, though, I'd probably go with Sancho. Who should be sold and why? Um, Alexis Sanchez sounds like he's on his way back. Obviously, I don't think there'd be any way back for him um, within the club. But in, in terms of the ones in the current squad, I think he's just doing what we we always wanted him to do. He's getting as many players out as he could do that weren't good enough, but you can't do it all in one hit. So you, you'd think the, the next batch of players out will be the ones that are sort of on the periphery of the squad. You, you know, you, the much maligned players like players like Phil Jones and whatnot. So there's nobody now in the squad who are desperate for us to get rid of players I proper hated, Lukaku's and Sanchez's and whatnot. But I, I think the next step now is getting rid of some of those squad players, making a few players who are playing on lot for United now... Um, into squad players and getting some new first teamers in. So you know the likes of Pereira and Lingard are probably playing too much football for United. But I mean they're they're obvious answers, but they'd they'd be the ones you'd be looking to replace. I think. Would you rather be bummed by a horse and nobody knew, or not bummed by a horse and everybody thought you had been, or you have a third choice on the answers there? Liverpool win the league. What again? Um, out of all them three, I'd probably just go with. It's definitely not three anyway, is it? That's, that comes bottom of the list. I'd probably go with the not actually being but people thought I had because, listen, there's people thinking some pretty horrific things of me over the years so getting bummed off a horse probably wouldn't even be in the top ten of them so, yeah, I'd go with that. Keep an eye tax and keep Liverpool's 18 in tax as well. Thanks for your time, John. We do us a favour. We, <laughs> fi- we find someone who's over 70 who would appreciate the next United We Stand and... Drop us that person's name and address to uwsmag at yahoo.co.uk or if you know a frontline health worker as well, we'd appreciate the mag. Please do that. And thank you for joining us. Of course we will, mate. Take care, mate. See you soon. The next guest is All Right Fans, who was a guest on the Chelsea Away podcast. Wasn't that long ago. Seems a long, long time ago. How are you doing? I'm all right, Andros. How are you, mate? Yeah, well, all things considered. Listen, you, you, you say it, all right, fans? All right, fans. Yeah, that's it, better. So, yeah, I'm good, mate, I'm all right. I'm just dealing with this, with this fucking Miley Cyrus, you know, the old Peroni virus. And you're about to become a dad? Your, your girlfriend's eight and a half months pregnant, is that right? Yeah, mate, she's fully pregnant, so there's no wanking in the front room or anything like that. She's flat out, spread eagled on the sofa. Have you got... it's, uh, it's lockdown, mate. Have you got six minutes? Yeah, of course. All right, I've got six questions for you. I've got a minute to answer each of them. What was the best moment of Manchester United this season for you? This season? The fucking first game of the season, Andy, for me. Mm. That Chelsea game, it didn't get any better than that. Yeah. 
it did. It was there was moments, and do you know what? The season ended just as we was. So I feel I always do. I'm so optimistic. I feel good. I feel all right. I feel like we were getting somewhere. But do you know me, Andy. I'm one of them, mate. I, I, I don't want. I, I don't. I see with. Oh, don't start me on him, Pogba. Fucking hell. Um, well, we'll come up with a question yeah. about who you think should be sold later on. But Chelsea first game of the season, 4 0, even though it didn't seem like a 4 0 game because Chelsea didn't. No, it didn't. It didn't. That, 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 yeah, they could have been 4 1 up at half time, to be honest with you. Got absolutely right. But in terms of how I felt after that game, yeah. it, I didn't get it, my, my state of mind, my optimism didn't really get any better. At all, at all, at any point throughout the season, it was getting there towards the end, but it was it was too late. You know what were we going to nick the UEFA Cup and p- p- potentially finish fourth? You know what I mean? Like I had, I don't know, I don't know what I expected to be honest with you. I'm eternal optimist, man. Who has been Manchester United's best manager since 2013? Next question. Fuck it, you know. Uh, I'll say Mourinho. To be honest with you, I'd say Mourinho. Why? I'd say Mourinho. Well, as a process of elimination, really, as, as compared to the others. Simple as that. That's the way I look at it. Do you know what? This is taking into account the early bit of Oli. Mm. The, 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 them initial months was fucking amazing. I felt like we had Fergie reincarnated back. So that being said, but that's been in past now. And I, and I still feel like the guy's a little bit out of his depth. I feel like that squad cho- pick and choose when they want to play. But then again, I felt we was getting somewhere and it just got cut short, what, eight, nine games before the end of the season. But so glad it did because of them. I love it. I love it. I'll happily play UEFA Cup again all season, finish whatever, just like this season, so long as Liverpool never win that <laughs> premiership. So, I love it, to be honest. Tell us how you pronounce Millwall again, because you're from Millwall Mi- area. Yeah, yeah, Mill. <laughs> spell it. Uh, obviously, Mill. It's like you can spell it two ways. You either spell it M-I-R-W-O-L or M-E-U-L. Like Mill, do you know what I mean? Um, you went to Cardiff when United played Millwall in that cup final, and you went back to the pubs where you live. What, what were people saying about, was that a great day for Millwall reaching the cup final? Or were people disappointed because of the score? Andy, to be honest, mate, I can't really remember anything about it. <laughs> no one, you know what I mean? No one really gave a fuck. It was just a piss up. It was just, you know, Millwall, a funny club. Millwall, that's how it's at. Mill, right? They're a weird old little club. But they, will, they, they take numbers with them. If they ever get in the Premiership, a fucking million Millwall fans will come out of the woodwork because they're, you know, they, I don't know. A lot of my pals support Millwall. I couldn't give two fucks about them, to be honest. I like taking the piss out of them. It's like Scousers, Millwall fans. People from Bermondsey are exactly the same as people from Liverpool. They don't shut the fuck up about it, yeah? Mm. And that's a fact. They're, they're, they're so similar. So they're, they're easy wind-ups, you know? All I've been doing is just losing followers on Twitter by winding them up. Scousers. So, them. so do, do your character impression, then. Oh, no, I did this last time, mate, and I got a lot of stick for this, and, and rightfully so. You can't make me do impressions. You don't control me. You're like a fucking puppeteer. A minute ago, before we come on, you said to me, right, I'm going to ask you what you've been doing and all that, and I said, yeah, all right, cool, and you, and you went to me, just say, like, wanking or something. I thought, who the fuck? Are you trying to, like, destroy my career before it's even started or what? Oh, by the way, while I'm here, I've got allatfans.com there okay. in the bag. Go on there, daily stand-up. Boom to your inbox. I can't do the stand-up comedy no more because... Uh, Everywhere's closed. Oh, I can't. 
Yeah, no, yeah, I can't. So I'm gonna do sitting down comedy, laptop, into your inbox every every morning, whatever. Unsubscribe if you want. Early nev drops. You're gonna get early nev drops. Um, and nudes. I'll send you nudes and all if you want them. All right. Here's another question that a reader sent in. Who's the hardest United player you've ever seen? Not cockwise. Though, if anyone had a story based on that, it would pr- <laughs> probably be worth listening to. Cut, what, what sort of readers are we attracting here? Right, Hardish United player. Hardish? Kane. Yeah, I'm having that. Kane's, Kane's bone hard. Like, he's, he might not be in a Royal Rumble, he might not end up winning it. Yeah, big Yap Stam or someone might. You know what I mean? Schmeichel or some, some freak of nature, Brock Lesnar. Yeah? But ultimately, I think in terms of. Who will die last? Roy Keane. Which player would you most like to see at Old Trafford and why? Who would I like to see back? No, if you could sign anyone in the summer who you think would improve the team, who would it be? Oh, imagine if we got Ronaldo, though. Imagine that. See me, I'm, I'm like, I live in a bubble. I live in a, you know, I live in a fucking, it's like I've got a time machine. He's 30, and I just want to go backwards. He's 33 and he's 34. Who, Ronaldo? Yeah. Oh, he's about 17. He's about fucking 17 in my eyes, mate. He's still got the teeth and the fucking highlights, as far as I'm concerned, Andy. But, um, no, I don't know. Who do we want to buy? Fucking hell. He's 35. He's 35, Ronaldo. Do you know what? The biggest mistake was not getting that Haaland. That has broken my heart. I, I cannot believe we've allowed that to happen. So that will move me now for a little while because you're not going to get a player of him. We should have got Harry Kane years ago, but again, I only talk in the past. I refuse to talk about the future. Which player would you most like to see sold? Oh, Pogba, mate. Why? Pogba. Awful man. Awful man. Just because of the, all the bollocks, mate. Hoverboards and haircuts and fucking dabbing to save the... Uh, just, I can't stand him. I think everything stands for. I take Lingard with you. Would you rather be bummed by a horse and nobody knew, or not bummed mm. by a horse but everybody thought you had been, or Liverpool win the league? You got a choice of those three. Uh, well, the thing about me, Andy, I've got a tiny cock, but I've got a massive arsehole. So I'd probably least again process of elimination. Probably take it from the horse. Um, Small holes. Your your accent is that like the most Cockney accent? The you Bermondsey London, or would like West Ham? Or tell me about accents in London. No, it's put on. My accent's put on. I'm American. <laughs> no, you're not American. You're from Bermondsey. I'm, I'm a varsity varsity. Uh, so you're a posh you're a posh American, are you? Just put oh, on a London accent. To, oh. Listen to this. What happened last night? This was the best. I had uh, some hatred off this like random geezer from Stoke, right? He kept leaving me voice messages from Stoke, and he was fucking blind, and he was obviously out of his nut, and I was just winding him up more and more. Anything I could reply to him that I knew would wind him up, I was sending it, being right flash, do you know what I mean? Getting him going, and he was leaving me the funniest, funniest voice notes. And I went to bed, and I thought, oh, mate, I'm going to make a montage of this cunt tomorrow. He was amazing. He was amazing. And then... I, in the middle of the night, I thought, I need more footage. So I've got up, I've texted him again, got him to send me a load more, and I've gone back to bed, thinking I'm going to get up, edit them all together. I had some gold there. Got up, the cunt had fucking removed them all and deleted his profile. How, so I can't how, how's it. he got your phone number? No, all on Instagram. Oh, it's all on there. And what was his, what yeah. was, what was his problem with you? 
Oh, mate, I don't know. I don't know. He was, he was on fire, though. He was amazing. He was saying, obviously, he's going to come and kill me and bite my nose off. And, but in this fucking Stoke accent, he was, he was unreal, <laughs> mate. He was telling me he earned 62 grand a year. Then, he, then a bit later on, he said, I earned 70 grand a year. <laughs> it was like that. And I get a bonus as well. Uh, he sent me a photo of his Rolex. Oh, mate, he was fucking amazing. Tell me I about miss him. Tell me about Stephen Leach. Stephen Leach from Stoke on Trent. Right there, you go. Cunt. Tell me. Stop saying that, please, because you're going to get us into trouble. Um, sorry, sorry. Um, tell me about the accents in London. Where's the strongest accent? My great grandfather was from the from the Elephant and Castle. I want to know about. Myself. Okay. Is, right. is that more Cockney than where you've been, Bermondsey? No way. No, that's where I used to live, just down there near the Elephant and Castle. Just right. moved from there, and that's why I live back now in Greenwich. Right. But um, no, I don't know. The most one will probably. London, like Canning Town. That's another strange little micro area. Canning Town. A bit Town. like Highton. Yeah. Have you ever met anyone from Highton? Yes. Um, Stephen... And they don't shut up about it, do they? No, I tell you he's from Highton. Um, Stephen Gerrard's from Highton, isn't he? He is, he is, he is. Yeah. He is the bl- yeah, yeah, he is. I've got a mate... Well, you don't want to hear about my mate from Highton. <laughs> but, yeah. And um, um, Quantrill Park, I think it's called. That's near Highton as well. Um, I could tell you all sorts of nonsense about non-league football in Highton, but that's probably not not for here. No, go on, go on. Um, I don't know. Well, a team called uh, who would play Knowsley United play just off Highton, and um, they came out of Kirby Town, so both both Liverpool overspill estates, but they produce very good footballers because areas like that tend to. But they could never attract any crowds. The the ground kept getting vandalised because. They're, they're hard, poor areas, but you know, Kirby, Kirby's produced four European Cup winners, um, all of them for Liverpool, unfortunately, and I don't know why we're talking about this when I was only going to call you for six minutes, but there you go. No, no, it was, it's, it's good, for, good for fucking Kirby, really, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's got fuck all to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> you look after yourself, mate, but tell us finally, what were United going to do this season before the season ends? How is it going to end? Uh, we was going to win the fucking European uh, UEFA Cup, so we was going to win that, whatever it's called now, the Euro- Europa League. And um, I think we were going to beat Chelsea to fourth spot. And we, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was starting to look all right. It was starting to look all right. F- um, Bruno, Bruno's a di- difference. Simple as that. If, if you've ever seen one player transform the way a whole team plays immediately, do you know what I mean? Immediately after being signed, I'll tell you he's gone and done that. I'd say he's gone and done that. So, so that, that to me, that, that key there, in behind that striker position, not that we've really got a number nine still, but Bruno in that number 10 position, behind where a striker would go, whatever, the fuck knows what I'm on about. But do you know what I mean? Bruno's a difference. <laughs> and you, you were at Chelsea, stood right by... Uh, by him when he put that corner in, weren't you, for Maguire's goal? It was brilliant. I was, mate, and I called it. As, as that ball left his foot, I said, that's on Maguire's nut, and then, boom, straight in the bottom corner. So, yeah, that was fucking great. Andy, did you see my overhead kick on Copacabana Beach? Yes, And I what did. did you think of it? Um, you, think it? you shinned it, didn't you? Did, didn't you get? You fuck, wait, listen, you can never. This is this jars me, you know, because you can never criticise a shinned overhead kick. You look at a hundred overhead kicks, yeah, yeah. I guarantee at least sixty of them come off the shin. I can't look at Rooney's against City. I can't believe you went to Copacabana Beach and got shinned on and tried to <laughs> try to teach Brazilians how to play football. 
and, yeah. then, and then got told to stop playing football on Copacabana Beach, which pro- yeah, which produces the best beach footballers in, in the world. And you, listen, mate, you from bottom Bermondsey. Line, listen, bottom line, you've seen the video, mate, so th- that doesn't lie. That's not fake news. You've seen what I can do. I've seen... I'm going to be... Now I'm getting famous in that. I'm going to be playing in all them charity games. So <laughs> you'll start seeing some shit. Uh, did you get recognised in the United end at Chelsea? Yeah, I did as it goes. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. People coming up to you. A few times, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nice, mate. Did you it get happens. Did you get recognised when you were walking round Rio in a pair of rainbow budgie smugglers? Ah, oh, you love that. You're such a fucking nun. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Um, I just can't. Be- I just can't believe you did it. Listen, man. Try it. That's I'm, I'm not going to try it. I just you'll never <laughs> feel so free. I thank you for your time. And I hope everything goes well in, in you becoming a dad and hopefully we'll speak to you soon. Andy, I love you very much. Grazie, ciao, Jenna. The next guest is Remo, who's a regular contributor to United We Stand, sometimes comes on the podcast. How are you doing, mate? How's the lockdown? Oh, yeah. Right, right bundle of laughs. Uh, are you working or are you, are you on the one of the ones actually, on? I, no, I'm a key worker, mate. I'm, uh, I'm about as key as it gets. So uh, I can't say what I do, but uh, suffice to say I'm uh, I'm pretty key. Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's told you that you're key? Me boss. <laughs> <laughs> Lo- loads of people have told me I'm key. Loads of people out there wouldn't be eating cakes right now if it wasn't for me. So uh, yeah, think on. I know you used to work in MI5, so maybe that's why you you can't say what you do. But yeah. are, are you still in the the security line? MI6. Yeah. Oh, you're in MI6 now. Yeah, sorry. Right, well, let's, wrong. let's talk about M16, ORA, Manchester United. What was your best moment? Oh, good link. Bloody hell. That <laughs> that's... should be a DJ. <laughs> that was pure partridge, that one. Oh, it's brilliant. Uh, best, moment, best moment of the season for you. Um, ah, oh, God. There's a, there's a few to pick from me. I'll, I mean, I'll go for... Um, in terms of a moment, I'd go for the, the second against City at their place in the league. Um, just because that, that first half against them um, at the Etihad was, was absolutely superb and kind of encapsulated where I think we could be quite soon um, with a couple of uh, couple more additions. But that, was, that first half, we blew them away and that was you know getting the second there and, and knowing that we were... You know, pretty much nailed on from there because they weren't getting back into that. That was um, that was the moment. Obviously, McTominay's at Old Trafford was decent, um, but yeah, I'll go for I'll go for uh, their place because we looked the better team then, um, and yeah, a kind of vision of where we might be going forward. Would you go to prison for a year for a million pounds? Yes, definitely. Not, not even a question. That's, that's the easiest question I'll ever have in my life, yeah. Because bloody hell. I'd do two years. In fact, I might do five. I reckon I'd be brilliant in prison. I'd be the daddy. I'd be like running H-Wing, if H-Wing is not the non-swing. But anyway, H-Wing. <laughs> just, just too many references about nonsense in this podcast already. I'm just going to have to... Well, I'm not going to cut them out, but it says more about the guests than it, it does about... Um, United we stand. Yeah. What was the worst moment of the season? Um, oh, well, 
hate to go on about City, but yeah, that the first half against City in the uh, in the uh, League Cup at home that was that was a real low moment. I remember standing with me uh, my mate at half time underneath and, and agreeing that uh, if it got to five, then we were out of there. Um, and, and that you know, again, from from beating them so well at their place to that collapse. Uh, our place was was really dismal um, and a massive setback. But uh, you know, I hate to say it, I've been blowing his trumpet for a while, but we didn't have Maguire that night, and I do think that genuinely made a difference. The defence was all over the place, and uh, City ran as ragged and could have had a lot more. Yeah, you got the ump with me about a month ago when I I wrote a piece, a very fair piece, I might say, saying that he should be scoring more goals and should be contributing more, but he's been decent. <laughs> And uh, and he started scoring because Fernandez has come and he knows how to put a corner in, he knows how to put a set piece in, and and that's what we want and that's what we should have. And he's um he's also said that he wants United players to have their wages cut by by thirty percent, I think it is, with with a substantial donation going to the NHS in Manchester. What's your take on that? I mean, obviously you love Maguire, so you're not going to disagree with it, are you? No, I just genuinely think he's he's a he's a captain. And he's a club captain, and uh, I don't know. I noticed on, uh, I think it was, I can't remember what game it was, when Brandon Williams played, probably it might have been his first start at Old Trafford, and he had a great game, and he went off with, I don't know, about 18, maybe 10 minutes to go. And Maguire went and grabbed him and kind of, you know, spoke in his ear, said, you know, great, whatever he said, but he, you know, he gave him a pat on the back, and he just thought, that's. You know that's what you want from a captain. That's a United captain, and yeah, I mean he did start all centre halves at United or any club start slowly. You know Vidic did, Ferdinand did, Bruce and Pallister did back in the day. It, you know it, it takes time, but I think he I, just there's something about him. Um, he's got that mental uh, edge, and I think he'll uh, I think he'll get better and better. William Prunier, he started slowly. Never actually yeah, he got did. Going. He did. I was at uh, I was at White Hart Lane that night on New Year's Day, and God, whenever it was, ninety five. Ninety five. Yeah. Yeah, it was horrific. Got beat four one, I think it is. Next question is: If you could travel back in any time, what decade would you choose to be a professional footballer, and why? I would go for the eighties because I think that was a nice mix then of. Semi decent money and still getting away with the boozing and yeah, you know the 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 kind of behaviour that that you know you'd want to be involved in. <laughs> Would you? Does your wife listen to this podcast? No, no, absolutely not a chance. Probably the last thing she'll listen to actually. So, what um, type of so player would have you been like then, off the field and on it? I'd have been. I'd have been. Down Mulligans with um, your big Norm and uh, and Robbo and 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 big Paul, yeah, three of us, well four of us obviously, but uh, yeah, that's that's what I'd have been like, absolute. Uh, in fact, I was reminded yesterday that Mark Hughes reckons he used to be called Old Lagerlegs. Do you remember that? Yeah. Is uh, that dreadful book he wrote? He reckoned yeah. he was called that, and he never gets any grief for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he wrote. He it. reckons he absolutely poured it away which I just struggle to believe but nah, maybe he did I think well he wrote it in his 86 page autobiography 
And I, I do believe it because he was he was from um, that environment in Wrexham, and I know lads like that in Wrexham who, who just drink heavily and it's just just the way of life. I'm not saying that Wrexham's full of alcoholics. And I think Roy Keane, when he first came to Manchester, he was a drinker as well. And I think they both made conscious decisions that if we don't knock this on the head, it's going to start affecting our game. And I think they both did, and both became world class footballers. And maybe they already were, but probably prolonged what what, what they were doing. Um, which player would you most like to see join Manchester United and why? That's a really good question at the minute because there's a few, aren't there, who's knocking around. I would like a really good, strong midfielder. Um, I'm not convinced, but I do like Grealish, but obviously he's blotted his copybook in the last couple of days by razzing his car into lots of other cars whilst he's supposed to be on lockdown. I don't necessarily think that makes him the worst player in the world. He really impressed me at Old Trafford this season. I thought he was superb, much more than Madison did, who's the other lad who gets spoken about. Um, I don't watch enough European football to to kind of have a huge view on uh, the various strikers that we get linked with. I, I was interested, I know you poo-pooed it, um, the delight, uh, is it delight? Delict? Delict, yeah. Whatever, delict. Yeah. Um, I think a ball playing centre half, and I know Lindelof should be a ball playing centre half, but that, that delict looks good to me uh, last season. I know he's not been great for Juventus, but I still think we're a bit light um, at centre half, unless Tuanze becomes good. Um, and he might, with a run in the team. So, <clears throat> I'll go for him. I'll go for Delict. Um, I mean, that, yeah, that, 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 that's coming from his agent, and it's probably wishful of course thinking, it is, yeah. wishful thinking uh, on his part. Uh, with Tuanzebe, and I've spoke to people in the club this week, they still think he's absolutely brilliant and can become a top-level centre-half, but he's not had much luck with injuries this year, so... I mean, no. Fans need to see more of that. And then Grealish, what was more offensive, what he did, or wearing a flip flop with a slipper at the same time? Yeah, we've all, you know, we've all gone out driving in slippers or flip flops, but never both at the same time. That's <laughs> that's just a bit weird. He was quite obviously off his, well, off his nuts on something, but he's made a mistake. Loads of footballers have made mistakes. If he learns from it, great. Um, I imagine he'd love to come to United. Don't know what the price would be. Um, I'm, I'm, and I'm not, I'm not kind of being xenophobic, but I do think there's an aspect to it where having a kind of strong English, British, Irish, whatever core of players, it really helps. I do think that. I think um, United have benefited from that in the past. Um, and I think it would, you know, if we can stick to someone who's, like I say, British, Irish, whatever, um, I think they, I don't say they get it more than anyone else because obviously you've got Fernandez who's come in, who's who's turned the team around completely. But I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe uh, if Grealish comes, he'd settle down. Which player, if any, would you like to be sold? Pogba. You're not the first person on this podcast who said that. Why? I just can't stand him, Andy. And I know, you know, people will say he's a, he's misunderstood and all that. And maybe he is, but I just, I can't think of, you know, 
I can't think of anything that uh, would please me more than to uh, get rid of him this summer. I just think he's a burden on the club at the minute, whichever way it goes. And if he hangs around, I just think he's going to be a problem. Um, it's as simple as that. Part of me, if, if you wanted a slightly different answer there, given other people have obviously said Pogba, I'd be tempted to say De Gea because you could get rid of De Gea for quite a big chunk of money and potentially bring Henderson in, um, given he's, you know, actually a United player. So if you were going to look at it with a uh, businessman's head on or a glazer head on, if you like, then you could say, well, we could get 70 or 80 million for De Gea. Um, and spend that on other positions and bring Henderson in, who's obviously had a pretty good season at uh, Sheffield United. Final question. Um, would you rather be bummed by a horse and, and nobody knew, or not bummed by a horse, but everybody thought you had been, or Liverpool win the league? Um, I, I, I'd rather get bummed by a horse after I'd done the year in prison. Because <laughs> I reckon by then you'd be pretty much ready for anything. Thank you for your time. Hopefully we'll join you again soon. No problem, mate. See you soon. Our final guest is Ant Shaw. Ant normally is in charge of selling United We Stand outside the ground. Obviously he can't because there's no games, so... The plan is with this next issue for Ferran and to get some help and to send the mags out. This is going to be our version of uh, the Berlin airdrop. We've, we've spent a fortune on stamps this week and we're going to send out hopefully as many orders as we can and we're going to send free copies out. As I said earlier in the podcast, I just want, it feels like the right thing to do. I want people to smile who don't normally get the mag or people who'd appreciate the mag and we're getting some addresses in off nurses who are working their arse off, who are United fans. Um, the idea of them receiving a mag, it's small, it's a small thing. But I'm editing this issue and honestly, it is making me proud to do it. The quality of the stuff coming in. Uh, there's one excruciating story about a lad who, he talks about meeting players uh, around Manchester over the years. And one of them where he comes out of having a shit in Rosso and he sees McCade there who's just had a shit himself and he goes to shake his hands. I'm not going to spoil the story, but it's fantastic. And thanks for joining us, mate. What are you up to? Um, just pretty busy, really. My, my job's still going ahead at the moment, and I'm also in, heavily involved with the United We Stand stuff. Um, I'm glad we're doing a new mag so that we can send some out and hopefully give some of the lads that are missing out on commission um, to sell in. They can, they can um, you know, earn some money through that. Well, if, it, if people buy it, we can carry on doing the mag, and if they don't, we can't. It's as simple as that, mate. And it's all right liking the covers on Twitter. You've got to buy the mag. We've got to pay the printers. We've got spent £3,100 on stamps this week, so we've got a lot of costs, and um, if people support it, away we go. And they have, they've been really supportive this season, so let's, let's, uh, let's see what happens. But talking about this season, what has been your, your best moment? And you've been at games home and away. If you had to pick out one moment where you really buzzed off being a fan, what would it be? Um, for me, it was the City game, um, just before we broke up. I can really see a bit of a team spirit emerging at, at Old Trafford at the moment. And, you know, I think the, the game, we had our backs to the wall for a, a lot of the, the um, 90 minutes. And I didn't enjoy any of it until McTominay put us 3-0 up, and that was absolutely brilliant. I, 
I'm in a minority, I think, where I say um, that I still enjoy a, a win over City more than I do Liverpool. Um, but yeah, that was definitely my, my high point of the season so far. And it's a shame that it stops because I could really see United getting this to, um, to, to Villa on the pitch, really. It was looking good. You've, you've got a reputation as for being a bit miserable on these podcasts. Has this lockdown not sent you under? No, definitely not. I'm, I'm quite busy. Um, I, I don't actually think it's um, a fair assessment of myself. My, my wife says that as well. Um, what, she sticks up for you? <laughs> yeah, she sticks up for me, yeah. She says, um, people think you're miserable. I, I know for a fact that you're not. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, um, I, I'm not as bad as people think. Definitely not. You could launch a PR campaign to get a stronger <laughs> image out that you're not as miserable as people think. You could like. No, I, don't, I, I don't. I don't like purposely try to sound miserable. I don't understand where it comes from. To be honest, you, you could use your commission from sending the mags out to like buy a billboard somewhere around Manchester with a, a picture of your face and just say, "I'm not as miserable as you might think." I reckon I laugh more than the, the majority of the people in, involved with United do stand anyway. Definitely. Well, this doesn't lead. Perfectly into the next question, which is, what's been your worst moment this season? Oh, there's been a few, haven't there? I think um, it, it has been, for a lot of the season, it was a step forward and a step back. But um, I think West Ham was probably the worst because you, you just couldn't see any quality in the, in the line-up that day. Um, and say, and there were so many matches the same, like West, West Ham, Bournemouth and Newcastle. But I think West Ham was the worst for me because the, the performance was appalling. And... Um, it was similar to the, the performance from the year before. It just looked as if we'd made no progress, but thankfully it picked up now. I've got, a, I've got a decent feeling about the United and the Solskjaer at the moment. I've done a big piece for the Athletic on the youth system. I spoke to loads of people behind the scenes who were at the coalface of the youth system, and I learned a lot, and there's reasons to be optimistic. I mean, the first team were obviously doing well, but the youth team were going into the FA Youth Cup semi-final. There's some cracking young players there. There's not cracking teams there yet, but anyway, would you go to prison for a year for fifty grand? Oh, definitely, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> would you? You've just yeah. got no problems at all. No, no, no problems at all. I just um, read and stuff. <laughs> Hopefully, somebody would send me a free United We Stand if I was in there. <laughs> Imagine if we blanked you. <laughs> We've been sending out. Mags to some of our readers we know have got um, COVID. Uh, a shout out to some of them. Um, Ted Mills, Ted's a great friend of ours, Been used to sell United We Stand. He's been in, at, in and out of hospital in London. Um, Dobson as well has been poorly. Notty has been poorly with it as well. Steve Donoghue is, is still very poorly. I mean, we can say get well soon, and of course we mean it, but some of these people are seriously ill, and I'm I'm sure, just given the sheer numbers of, uh, that are coming in, um, that other people are going to are going to be badly um, affected by it. Uh, and I suppose what we're trying to do on here is lift people's spirit a, a, a bit and talk about football. We don't know when it's coming back, but when it does come back, and what changes would you like to see to the United team? Who, who would you most like to see United sign for next season, whenever that is? I don't want to sound like a transfer junkie, but um, Jaden Sancho is the one that I think United need. Um, I think he's got potential to be one of the best players in the world, and obviously the fact that he's he's English as well, and he's you know he used to play for City, it'd be really good to get one over on them. I just think that the way it's going and the quality we need in that final third, we've got Bruno Fernandez now, and that 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 all of a sudden starts to look like an incredible front four, 
um, with Rashford and Martial as well. So I, I, I do. I think if he can get in, it'll be a really exciting signing. One of the ones, um, one of the most for a few. You mentioned transfer junkies. If you ever looked at the replies to Manchester United's official tweets, it is, it is a depressing look at humanity. They could literally be saying, "We've just won the treble," and they'd get thousands of tweets going, "Announce so and so." You know, whoever's the flavour of the month, who the, who the, the junkies want to sign at that moment. It's just bizarre. It's like a parallel universe. I don't. I look, and you look down them all. They're all virtually anonymous. No idea who any of them are, and they're United fans like you and I. Yeah, and it's um, funny you should mention that because I was looking at um, the, the post from Andreas Pereira yesterday when he was having a bit of a laugh um, around, you know, where he, he was making out he'd poured his cereal with um, his feet or something. Did you see it? Yeah, I did see it, yeah. Yeah, well, if you look at the replies under that, there's a, there's a real frustration um, that I have with United fans seem to support players that don't need support but, but absolutely slaughter the ones that do. And, you know, Pereira's, you know, we can rightly say, you know, he's, he has been lacking quality and all of that, but the effort's there and, you know, with a bit of confidence, you know, he wouldn't be the first player to just completely turn it round. So what, what I'm absolutely certain of is they're absolutely caning him on every, everything he posts. Certainly won't um, improve his confidence and that's, that's what he needs. There's definitely a rush to write players off um, and, and it's not fair and, and people have been and proven wrong. Yeah. And... and yeah, and well, look at um, look at Fred. Fred was written off. Uh, Matic, I interviewed Matic at the start of the season. Put it out there. Completely underwhelming reaction. <laughs> Fuck him off. He's he's now an important player for the team. Andreas Andreas has had a has, a, has had a difficult time, and I've interviewed him several times this season. And he, he's not been in decent form. Uh, he, he was probably right that he was dropped. But he's had good games as well. He had a really good game at Burnley where he was asked to do a job in a very tough match and someone said to me in the club he's, he's almost better when he's not got the ball because he he works his nut off he, he does exactly what the coaches ask of him and someone else said to me uh, on the coaching side he's not an A-list player but he's a C-list player and you need C-list players in a squad so maybe he's playing more games than he would have done because the team's weaker and younger than it should should be but you can't blame him for that he doesn't deserve horrendous abuse which is sometimes what, what, what he gets doesn't always help himself to be honest when he's got his personalised phone case and his big supercar behind him I just don't think things like that help you if you're a footballer I think most of the people who follow football they tend to be working class and it doesn't always help himself but I know him I've known him since he's been 16 he's a nice lad he's a really nice lad he's trying his arse off he's not going out yeah, definitely. Fighting, he's not going out on the piss. He's just trying his best. What do you want him to do? Turn a new contract down. Of, I know. I think the type of player he is as well. Something sometimes going appreciated. Like it. I think I think one of his best games this season was Leicester at home, where he was um, given like very specific instructions to to shut him down down the left. So that's what he does. He follows instructions. He really thrived on that. Yeah, Ooh. definitely. And um, you know, he is lacking a bit of quality for United, but. Absolutely slaughtering him with everything he posts or you know every every misplaced pass. He's not, he's, I can tell you for free, he's not going to improve if that's the case. So he could do with getting behind players like that. Definitely. I did laugh though when I saw a tweet saying what I would do to see Pereira hit the ball against a one-man wall. <laughs> Someone who's just missing football. <laughs> I, I know. And, and, Andreas. 
does need to score more. He, he does need to set up more. But um, which players, let's assume you want to keep Andreas, which players would you like to see go? I think there might be a couple now whose time's up at United. I think I think um, the Lingard one is an interesting one because I just don't think he's ever kicked on. Um, I was you mentioned earlier about Andres Pereira's like opposing the supercars and things, and I don't think Lingard's helped himself at all in that sense. When you're when when you're a player who's you know got got numbers and assists behind you, you can possibly afford to start doing that. But Lingard's always a player whose performances go under the radar a bit. Um, because he is given instructions off the ball and that sort of thing, so I, I don't. I, I just think that it, time might have come to an end for Lingard, especially if you know the rumoured players that we're getting um, come off. I, I just don't see where he's going to fit in at United anyway. Yeah, I'd agree with that, and he absolutely didn't didn't him help himself um, last season when the mood was pretty stinking. I'm glad the mood's better now. Who's been the best United manager since 2013? I'd have to go with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, um, and the reason I say that is because I'm, I like the team now. I, I like the players. I like the fact that you know we've got a captain who, who behaves like a captain. I like the fact that the players are all giving 100% effort every game. I like the I like the fact that you can see the confidence growing in them as well, rather than players just coming to Old Trafford and um, you know playing playing worse by the week. Um, I just I just think that they're all being given the confidence to thrive, and the manager and coaching staff are behind the players and pointing out, you know, where, when they're when they're doing the good things and when they're doing bad things, and, and you know, it's not a case of I, I always used to remember the Van Gaal one. If you didn't, if if a player played badly, such as Raphael, you wouldn't see him again for a month and a half, and that, even if it meant you know, um, somebody like um, a centre half playing right back, that that's just what he would do, and it was the same. Um, I always thought Depay was a decent player as well, and I think he, he he played constantly for about three months, and then when he had a dip in form, you didn't see him again until for another four. So I just think there's a culture now where players can thrive, and I never I never ever um, thought that was the case prior to um, Solskjaer coming on. Here's a question from a reader. Sure, it's not in poor taste, but if you could be forced to choose between stopping the coronavirus pandemic from ever happening, but the trade-off was that Sir Alex Ferguson had never been Manchester United manager, what would you choose and why? God, I, mean, I sound a bit selfish here, I think. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm really um, really regretful about you know the number of families in, in, impacted by this ongoing coronavirus, but I have to say... I'd, the fact, the thought of my life without Alex Ferguson is very. It's a cruel question. Not nice at all. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So. Um, Our listeners so, are cruel. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll try and do more of these podcasts. So if anyone wants to send in any questions, then please do make them more difficult. A legendary one of this one was the horse question. I've updated it slightly for you, which is: uh, Would you rather be bummed by a horse and nobody knew, or not bummed by a horse but everyone thought you had been, or Liverpool win the league? To be honest, I, I, I'm not. I'm in, a, and again, I'm in a bit of a minority with Liverpool uh, as a Man United fan. I, I understand they're going to win the league, but the when the alternative City winning it every year, then you know my my interest and focus is on Manchester United getting better. And before before the football stops, I, I could really see signs of that. So I'd sort of made a bit of peace. They, w- they would have still been behind us, 
Um, we'd have still been in front of them on League One. So, uh, you know, I, I'd have gone with Liverpool winning the league, <laughs> definitely. And thanks for your time. And thanks, everybody, for joining us. Um, if you've enjoyed this podcast, we'll do some more podcasts. We can get some different guests on, maybe get some players on, journalists, that type of thing. And until next time, goodbye.